You can turn your Bibles this morning to Philippians chapter 4. I taught out of Philippians chapter 4 not not long ago. And I spoke on some of these same thoughts as today. And one might ask, well, why are we doing this again today? Because I need it. I tell y'all, Sunday after Sunday, I teach on the things that are relevant in my life. Things that I study. Things that I'm going through. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong on that, but nevertheless, my studies spill over here. And uh, so I found myself going back to Philippians chapter 4. And, um, you know, maybe that uh, I'm going to give you three practical things today. I mean, extremely practical, very simple, but obviously in God's Word. And um, before we read this passage of Scripture, I want to want to tell you a a silly story, if you will, but yet so relevant. In 1984, to those of you that are football fans, um, there was a team called the Baltimore Colts up until 1983. And in 1984, the Baltimore Colts were moved to what is now the Indianapolis Colts. And that's where they began to play. And some of you are nodding your heads. So in 1984, when the team owner moved this team to Indianapolis, there was a family from Baltimore that sued the owner of the organization and won for $30 million. Now, this was in 1984, okay? That's not today. So in 19, can you imagine how much money $30 million was in 1984? A good bit more than it is now. So this happens. But why did they sue them? They sued them for anxiety and stress for moving their favorite football team to a whole other place. And you go, yeah, y'all are looking at me like I'm... Go look it up. It's the truth. And so does that seem silly or what? Well, might I remind you, that I think that's the most stupidest thing I've ever heard. Nevertheless, this family was under stress or anxiety that seemed like stress or anxiety to them. I do not condone what they did. I think that is absurd. But nevertheless, Christians find themselves stressing over maybe to me what seems like the most simplest thing. Or maybe something that I stress over to you may sound like just the most simplest thing. But yet it's stress. And it's anxiety. And it causes discomfort. God has some things to say about this in His Word. I say all the time, I've learned in my life that all the answers to the problems I face in this life, whether they're spiritual problems or physical problems or financial problems or business problems or whatever those things are, those answers are found in God's Word. And what a blessing that God addresses, if you will, the silly things in our life that causes stress and discomfort to us. So we're going to see what God has to say about some of these things. I want to speak today. And I say just speak three ways, one, two, three ways to manage stress. 
I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I might have shared this story with you a while back. I had one of my employees. He's a young man. He comes into my office three or four months ago. Time flies. I don't know. But at some point this year, he walks in my office. He has tears in his eyes. And uh, I go, man, what's going on? And uh, can I shut the door? Sure, shut the door. And we begin to talk. And he was under some stress. He was having some anxiety and had some problems in his life. And and we talked about him. And he, he said the... The, the funniest thing to me, he said, he said, boss, I just don't understand how you have it all together. I said, man, if you only knew, I don't have it all together. I said, I go through the same things you go through. You just don't see it. And, um, this year, I thought 2020 was a tough year in my life. And it was a tough year. It was a tough year in a lot of people's lives. This year at work has been Probably the most stressful year of my life. And I won't go into that. It's just been a lot of things. And uh, as a result of that, I've had some things, Pastor, that are bothering me. And I have found myself dealing with stress this year in a little bit different way. And so henceforth, probably two lessons this year on stress because I'm having to study it. I'm having to remind myself. So when I speak these things, it doesn't mean that I've got total victory and that I have figured it all out and I don't deal with stress because I do. I deal with a lot of stress, just like you do, I'm sure, in your own way. But you ask me about mine, you go, oh, you're going to be fine. You're good to go. But yeah, it's bothering me. And I speak to you about your stress and something that's really bothering you. And I go, well, man, you're going to be all right. It's This thing's good. But yet, each of us deal with our own stress. And it's important. It's so important that God has put so many scriptures in this book about it. So many. So let's look. Philippians chapter 4. We'll begin reading in verse 4. Again, I just taught on this, but I, I found myself going back. Chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. I love this verse. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds, that anxiety, that stress, through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true and whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, you might want to underline that. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. I want to say before I get into this lesson, because I'm not going to teach out of verse 9 this morning, but I want, I want to make a little note here before we go any further. It said, these things which ye have both learned, he's talking to you. He's talking to the Christians. He's talking to the Sunday school attendees. 
Okay? He's talking to the pastors. He's talking to the, the godly mom and daddies, the godly grandparents. He's, he's talking to the born again people that have both learned and received and heard and seen in me. I want you to understand that that is each one of you. This, this is not the babes in Christ. This is those that, that are faithful. The good ones, if you will. The most faithful ones. He said, you guys, he said, ye need to do these things and the God of peace will be with you. But you need to do these things. What things? I'm going to give you these three things. The three things that God's Word is speaking of. I want to note something here. We understand that, that different men wrote God's Word. I want to remind you of something before we start today's lesson. I want you to understand how important this is. Yes, Paul wrote, Peter wrote, we could go on, Moses wrote, David, the psalmist David wrote. These things go on and on. These men wrote the Scripture, but don't you dare forget for a moment that these are God's words. They didn't wander off and give their own version. They didn't wander off and give their opinions. These words that are written are God's words. I listened to a message this week, I listen to a lot of preaching while I'm riding down the road. I travel a lot of miles. And so to d- this week while I was traveling, I listened to the great Curtis Hudson preach a message on things that are not the same are different. That seems so simple to me. But boy, as I listened to him expound on that for about an hour, and, and one of the things he dealt with it, God's Word is true. Don't put something else different in front of you and think that it's the same because it is not. These are God's words. This is not the author's version. This is not David Dent's opinion. What I'm going to give you this morning, are y'all getting this? I'm giving you three things according to verse 9. It said, these things, if you do them, you people right here, then the God of peace will be with you. How many of you would like more peace in your life? Hey, I know there's turmoil everywhere we go. There's uncertainty every time you turn the television on. I told Tanya yesterday, we were leaving a store, had to run uptown and get something. We were coming back and we, we heard something on the radio and we, we talked about it, you know, and I told her and she, I don't know, she'd back me up and I said, I know this sounds selfish. I just wish God would come back. I am so sick of this. Who knows where we're going to be in five more years from now, but or four more years, three more years from this administration's done, if you will. And, and and you know, I won't get into politics, but my God, how much deeper and how much darker can things get? Come, Lord, please come. And I know that's a selfish and maybe that's a cop out, but you know, it's that bad. So yes, there's turmoil everywhere. These three things. Three ways to manage stress according to verse 9. We're going to back up and look at verse 4. Very first word, rejoice. That's one of the three things that verse 9 is referring to. Those things which you both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. What things? There's three things. Number one, to rejoice in the Lord. When you find yourself becoming anxious... When you find yourself going through stress, you know what you need to do? You need to, according to God's Word, what God said, you need to rejoice. That's what you need to do. When you begin to worry, rejoice. You say, that's the hardest thing in the world to do. It sure is. 
This is something you've got to work on. You go, well, this is very simple. It is very practical. I want to remind you, God's Word is very practical. God's Word is very simple. Okay, He said you need to learn to rejoice. Allow me to tell you this. When we rejoice during storms, we then place our confidence in Jesus. Think about that. When you're worrying, you are placing all your confidence on yourself. What do we say? I can't deal with this anymore. I can't go another step. I don't think I can handle this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know how I can work another day. I don't think I can get out of bed. I, I, I. Yet when you begin to rejoice, you then take the trust off of yourself and place that confidence and that trust in Jesus Christ and then you will begin to get relief from your stress or your anxiety. I'm giving you God's Word to sit in David's Word. Don't, don't be offended by what I'm telling you. Say, this is too simple. I know, I agree. I'm finding myself, I'm dealing with this all year long. I'm dealing with this stress. And you know what I'm doing? I'm reading God's Word and I'm trying to find these things. And Pastor, I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I try to just make myself rejoice about the good things that are around me. When I'm just worrying over work, I go, you know what? Well, I sure thank God for my godly wife He gave me that loves me. I sure do thank God for my children. I sure do thank God that I have a place to go and worship where I can enjoy worship. I sure do thank God for my salvation. I thank God that I've got the peace that passes all understanding. Go ahead and rejoice and place that trust in Him instead of putting that trust on yourself. I want to say this about this point of rejoicing. When we're in, we find ourselves in stress. Rejoicing is a choice. You can either choose to rejoice or choose not to rejoice. A choice to reflect a spirit of joy in difficult times. Make it spiritual. Think about that. When you're finding yourself under stress, when you find yourself in the midst of anxiety, It's all about you and how you feel. Typically, it's not about others. I say typically, it's about you. Make it not so personal and make it spiritual. Begin to rejoice. You have so much in your life. I want to tell you something that I read as I, as I was studying for this lesson. I, since my father's passing... My daddy spoke of Matthew Henry so often, but I never read much of anything on Matthew Henry. But I find myself going to him more so in the last year than any other author. And I, I really enjoyed reading behind him. He's a little difficult at times, but boy, what a blessing. He has a lot of meat in there. And this is what he said. Matthew Henry said this, If a man doesn't continually feast, it is his own fault because God gave us plenty to eat. If you don't find yourself rejoicing, it's your own fault because God has given you plenty to rejoice about. Plenty to rejoice about. 
God has blessed you in so many ways. And I understand when you're putting it all on yourself, you look around and it's so dark in your little storm. I, I, I went on a, a trip to Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, a business trip the other day. And I, I hired this guy that I know out of Florida to swing by Sylvester and pick me up in an airplane and take me up to Lawrenceburg. I was in a hurry. I needed to go see these people for two hours and get back for another meeting I had that afternoon. And so we got in that airplane and boom, about 240 knots, we flew across this state in Alabama and Tennessee. And about halfway up there, we run into this storm. And man, I'm going to tell you something. Well, I'm making sure the buckles were tight. I mean, it got rough up there. I mean, that wind was blowing that twin-engine airplane around. And I'm telling you, lightning bolts were everywhere. And we had a radar. You know, I'm up in the co-pilot seat like I know what I'm doing. And, and I'm watching this radar. And I'm telling you, lightning bolts were popping all over. And I was like, dude, are we going to be all right? He said, well, I'm trying to get around this thing. Scared me to death for a few minutes. 240 mile an hour, we, we got on through that thing pretty quick. Come out the other side and all was well. Well, guess what? We get ready to turn around and come back. It's dead blame storm still sitting there. And we went, we went 90 miles, 90 miles around this thing to get around the storm. I'm getting at something here. That storm was in one spot. The sun was shining all the way around it. God's goodness was all the way around the storm. God's goodness was above the storm. We got up above the storm and it was sun shining up there. And you could look down and see all that crazy mess down there. And when you find yourself in stress and anxiety, I want to remind you, you're just sitting in the storm. It looks good everywhere else. It actually is safe around you. You just need to work your way through the storm. Work your way around the storm. How? By rejoicing. Start praising God. Start thanking Him for His goodness. Look at those good things in your life. He told us in verse 9, He said, do these things and the peace of God will be with you. We're going to get to another point and we'll speak some more about that. I want to say, first of all, I said underneath rejoice that rejoice is a choice. I've got to hurry. Not only is rejoicing a, a, a choice, but we should rejoice, secondly here, always. Look at God's Word, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Whether you're in stress or you're not in stress, always, even in difficult times, rejoice. In sad times, rejoice. In bad times, rejoice. In scary times, rejoice. I don't care what is going on in your life according to God. He said rejoice. This is how you're going to deal with stress. And I'm telling you, I'm not telling you that I found the key. I read it in God's Word and not telling you that I'm always perfect about it. But so often in the last six, eight weeks, I found myself at night under stress. I don't deal with stress much during the day or I deal with it differently, but it's at night time when I'm alone and it's dark and and my wife's asleep and my children have all left me and, and I find myself under more stress than ever. And I've been making myself rejoice. Instead of dwelling on those scary things, those bad things, those sad things, I'll just start praising God for what He's done. And I'm getting relief. I challenge you, praise Him always. Rejoice always. In James chapter 1 verse 2, what did He say? I was going to go there, but I don't have time. I'm taking too long. He said, count it all joy. He didn't say what things to count joy. He said, count all things as joy. Count it all joy. God putting you through something, you know what He's doing? He's working you. That means He's helping you. That means He's giving you something. His hand's on you. He's watching you. He's going to make you stronger. God's Word, James 1, count it all joy. 
in divers temptations, through troubles, through trials, through stress, through anxiety. Yeah, rejoice. God is the source of joy. Let me turn this around. Allow God to be the source of your joy, not your personal circumstances. You take that to the bank. Don't allow your personal circumstances to, de- to decide whether you're going to be joyful or not. Let God make you joyful. Thank God for Him. You know, I have salesmen that work for me. And salesmen are so bad about letting their personal production decide whether they're happy or not. You sell anything today? No. I tried. I've been on the road for three days. I ain't sold nothing. Come in the next day, they've sold something. They're on top of the world. Oh, they're happy. They're going to go home. They're going to make a paycheck. You see, we let our personal production decide whether we're happy or not. Hey, I'm not belittling the situation. God's not belittling the situation of stress and anxiety. God's Word has a whole lot to say about it. And I've been dealing with it for quite some time myself. I'm trying to help you as I'm helping myself reading God's Word. Number one, got to rejoice. I've got to look at this before we leave. If you want to turn there, you can. I can't quote it. Psalms 37 and in verse 4. If you deal with these problems, and I think most all of us do, you might want to look at this. And underscored. It's been, it's been highlighted in my Bible for so many years you can't even hardly tell it's highlighted anymore. Delight thyself also in the Lord and He shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I want to read that first line again. Desight, excuse me, delight thyself also in the Lord. He did not say delight thyself in your paycheck. He did not say delight thyself when things are going good. He did not say delight thyself when everybody loves your children. He didn't say delight thyself when you get the perfect job. It's not what he said, is it? He said delight thyself, what? In the Lord. The Lord will make you happy. Rejoice in these things. Let's go to the second point. I've got to hurry. I took far too much time there. I'm sorry. Secondly, let's find... The second way to manage stress, verse 9 said, And these things do, and the peace of God shall be with you. Number one was to rejoice. Number two is found in verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. By prayer. I'm going to tell you something. We all say that we pray, and I'm sure all of you do. But boy, I want to tell you something. When you get in tough times, if you're not careful, you'll forget to pray. The number, the second point here that God tells us to do, the second thing we forget to do. We'll spend so much time worrying. I challenge you to think back as you're going through stress or you're going through anxiety and you start thinking about this thing. You take a one hour ride trip and you're riding down that road. You'll spend 50 minutes worrying about something and 10 minutes praying about it. I'm telling you the truth. You know I am. You be careful about this thing. We need to pray. God's Word said in verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. 
Tell Him. He already knows. He wants to hear you. Sometimes I, I could say, I knew what my children were going through. I could look at them and tell they were disappointed. I could tell, I could tell they hurt. But I wanted them to come tell me so that I could help them. God wants to hear from you. Pray to Him. Share these things with Him. Matthew Henry said this, If you're not trusting God, then you're distrusting God. You ought to put that on your refrigerator. You ought to put that on the mirror in your bathroom. If you are not trusting God, you are distrusting God. If you're not trusting in God to take you through your stress and to bring you through this anxiety, then that means you're distrusting Him and you're telling Him, God, you can't do this. I'm going to worry about it myself. Give it to Him. Pray to Him. Let Him help you. After you've rejoiced, pray to Him. Let's look at... No, I'm going to go there in just a second. Stressful situations... Stressful situations generate a natural form of anxiety. I said natural. Anxiety is a natural form of stress. But you want to know who causes it? This is what you don't want to hear. You do. You say, how can you be so sure, David? Because God does not. God is telling us in the Word that He does not do this. You do this to yourself. It's our minds. But God's Word said that He can keep our not only our hearts, but our minds through Christ Jesus, which passeth all understanding. we got to give it to Him. We must pray. Stressful situations generate from a natural form of anxiety. Don't be overcome by anxiety, verse 6. How do I not be overcome by anxiety? You pray to Him about it. You say, but I prayed and I prayed and I'm not, I, I, it's not helping me none. That's because you're still worrying about it. You didn't give it to Him. You just told Him you were worrying about it. you got to rejoice and you got to pray. Let's talk about another word in this verse. And, and, I, and I spoke on this from 1 Peter when we taught this lesson some weeks or months ago. Verse 6 here, Philippians 4, be careful for nothing. Do y'all remember what I told you that word careful was? The word careful is worry. If you go in there and do a word search, go through the Greek, go, go through the Hebrew, you're going to find out that this word careful means to worry. Can we change this? And I'm not changing God's word. You know that. I'm giving you the, the definition of this. Be or worry for nothing. Worry for nothing. Don't be overcome. The word careful is worry. We need to make these things known to God. Let's turn it over there to 1 Peter chapter 5. And, and this is the passage of Scripture that I taught from some weeks ago. Look at verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth. This care and careth comes from that same Greek word of that we spent, we found careful in our text of Philippians 4. Exact same word. Means the exact same thing. So let's, let's put this definition in here. Let's put it in today's terms, if you will. Cast all your worry upon Him, for He worrieth for you. He careth 
for you. He worries for you. If you will but give it to Him, then you have this supernatural power to let Him worry for you. You don't even have to worry for yourself. You don't have to worry for the situation. You don't have to worry about your job. You don't have to worry about your children. You don't have to worry about some other things. Matthew 6, 25, it says, Take no thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. He said, because I care for you. But that word care for you isn't worry for you. Let him do the worrying, that's hard to say, for you. What causes this careful, this worry? Satan does. Satan does. When we pray, God's Word is telling us to pray when we find ourselves fretting and in stress and in some form of anxiety. I'm not, I'm not making this stuff up. This is God's Word. He said, rejoice. He said, and by prayer. And when we pray, we no longer depend on our own power. When we give it to Christ. You know, when we talk to God about our stress, when we talk to God about our anxiety, when we talk to God about our problems, you know what you're doing? At that point, you're saying, God, I don't know how to deal with this. So Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I pray that all the time. I, I'm serious. I, I, I tell God, I say, God, you, you remember I taught a lesson a couple weeks ago and I said, for we know not what we ought to pray. Remember that scripture we looked at in Romans? We don't, in Romans 8, we don't even know what we're supposed to pray for. But God, I'm just going to give it to you. And that's what he tells us to do with our stress. Give it to him. Let him worry for you. He can handle it. You and I cannot. You will never solve your problems by worrying. You can't. You're not capable. We must give it to him. It's like telling somebody else, here, you take this. I do that at work. I, I'll, I'll have so many things spread out. I'm working on so many things. And somebody will come by and I just, I'll delegate. Here, you handle this. I ain't got time to deal with that. This is yours. When it gets back to me, I expect it to be done right. You know how I want it done. You deal with it. Give it to God. Give it to Him. He wants you to give it to Him by prayer. I, I read a thing. I, I, I looked into a little bit of this, uh, this anxiety and, Psychiatrist and, and this sort of stuff, you know, and, and, and I read in there that, uh, psychiatrist, the top seven drugs that they prescribe medicine for is anxiety. The top seven. Seven, top seven drugs are for anxiety. And you know what? Most of those people, Samuel, are Christians. Possibly. It could be that a whole lot of those people are Christians. Christians have to deal with stress. Christians have to deal with anxiety. I said in the beginning of this point here that it is a natural form of anxiety. I'm not telling you you're wrong for being anxious. I'm not. I know. I get anxious. I've seen anxiety and panic attacks firsthand. I've seen it right in front of my face. I get it. I know what it's like. I've seen it. I felt it. I smelt it. And it's real. And Christian people deal with it. 
But I want you to know this morning that God is aware of it. And God said, I know that good Christian people deal with stress and anxiety. He said, but I want to give you some ways that you can help yourself. And number one is to find yourself rejoicing more and not fretting over your situations that you find yourself in. Number two is by prayer. I want to remind you this morning that the same God that parted the Red Sea can make your anxiety go away. The same God that calmed the storms on the on the Sea of Galilee, He can make your anxiety go away. The same God that rose that little girl from the dead and made that mama happy can take the stress away in your life. The same God that healed that leper can make your stress go away. The same God that healed blinded eyes can make your stress go away. The same God that heals the brokenhearted, the sinner bound for hell, can make your anxiety go away. The same one. Gotta rejoice. Number one. Number two, we have got to pray. And I want to remind you, before we leave this on praying, if you're not trusting God, you're distrusting God. Don't make Him feel that way. Before we leave, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. God's Word deals with anxiety. Matthew 6, verse 25 is talking about anxiety. Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, or what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, or for what you shall put on. It is is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Look how much more God loves you. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubic unto his stature? And why take ye thought for the raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? You know what he's telling you? Trust me. He said you have little faith, meaning you're distrusting me. If you're not trusting God, you're distrusting God. God is dealing with anxiety. You know what God is telling you here, Christian? He said, I know that Christians, good Christian people deal with stress and anxiety. I understand this. Let me help you. Trust me. Rejoice. Pray. Let's go back to our text. Philippians 4. The last thing, the third thing, I've got ten minutes. This is a big one. Let's look at verse 8. Finally, brethren, We've already, verse 7, we talked about the peace of God and keeping our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then we get to verse 8 and he says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, there be any virtue, if there be any grace, 
think on these things. It's very simple. Number three, you gotta think. You gotta think on what? On these things. What things? The things that he mentioned in verse 8. The things that are true. The things that are honest. The things that are just. The things that are pure. The things that are lovely. The things that are of good report. Not bad report. I used to tell my precious daddy, I'd say, Dad, quit watching the news. It's terrible. And it put him in a bad mood. Oh my goodness. My dad just, oh, he took such a fist to the things that's going on in this world. And I do too. Don't get me wrong. But oh, he just let it drag him down. Don't even look at the things that are a bad report. Look at the good report. For if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, then think on these things. I know these are practical things, but these are the three practical things that God gave you to deal with stress. To rejoice and to prayer and to think on these things. You know what the other word for think is right here coming from this Greek language? It's to imitate. Think about that. Not only think on these things, but imitate these things. Imitate what things? Well, the things that are mentioned in verse 8. Imitate truth. Imitate honesty. Imitate just. Imitate pure. Imitate lovely. Imitate good report. Imitate virtue. Imitate praise. So basically he's saying not only think on these things, but imitate these things. Put them into practice. God... Listen, Christians. God gives Christians the capability of controlling their thoughts. He does. You are capable of controlling your thoughts, although you think you are not. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm telling you, y'all, I don't have this thing together. I'm weak. There have been times I'll lay in bed at night. I'll wake up, have to go to the restroom. And, and pastor, I'll be begging God the whole time I'm making that route, you know, from the bedroom back, or bathroom back to the bed. God don't let, God, God protect my mind. God don't let me go there. God don't let me go there. And I lay down and all of a sudden it starts. Yes. And for an hour, I will think on the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm going, this is the most stupidest thing I could possibly do. What is wrong with me? I can't stop it. Yes. And I deal with it at night. I'm telling you, buddy, when my feet hit the floor at 5.30 in the morning until I hop back in that bed at 9 or 9.30 at night, you know, don't take me wrong. I'm strong. I think I am. I got it. But, buddy, when my head hits that pillow, my mind can just go into craziest places and I can't stop it. I get it. I get it. But God gave Christians the capability of controlling their thoughts. At times, my thoughts head to stress. Or they lead to stress and not the actual circumstance. Sometimes it's not the actual circumstance itself that's driving me crazy, Sam. It's the stress that comes with it. I'll tell myself, that's really no big deal. I can deal with that tomorrow. That's going to be okay. But I can't shake the stress. I get it. Christians deal with this and God knows it. He has a lot to say about stress in this book. If you start studying this book, you will find multitudes of Scripture dealing with anxiety. Multitudes of Scripture. God understands. 
But God has given us some tools. He has given us some ways to deal with it. But we have got to put them into practice. Because if you're not careful, the mind will overtake these things. And this one on thinking, you've got to change your thought process. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, 90%, and I have reminded myself of this so many times, 90% of the things you worry about never come to pass. 90%. But yet we find ourselves wasting so much time thinking on the 10%. See, as Brother Craig Edwards will say, it's messing up the other 90%. It's messing it up. Do not dwell on those things, but dwell on these things in verse 8. And remember, not only dwell on or think on these things, this is, I mean, this is it. Imitate these things. Imitate good. Imitate honor. Imitate just. Imitate pure. Go do something good for somebody. It'll help you. I've got to think on these things. If I've got time, turn your Bibles to Psalms. we got a minute. I'm going to use the whole 45 minutes. Turn to Psalms 94. Very practical. Psalms 94 verse 19 you tell me God doesn't know we struggle with our mind. God's telling you, I understand this morning. Psalms 94 verse 19, In the multitude of my thoughts within me, mm, Thy comforts delight my soul. Oh, that brings tears to my eyes. God said, I understand. I know what happens in your mind in the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Look at Psalms 104. Just turn a few pages there. Psalms 104. and Let's look at verse 34. My meditation of Him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. I will be glad. I will rejoice. God knows what it means to struggle with our thoughts. I want to leave you with something. These three things I've given you this morning to rejoice, to pray, and to think or to imitate. These are the most practical ways to deal with stress. And I know, people, I, I know that this thing gets deeper when you deal with stress. And, and I understand this. I know. But I, I'm not dealing with all that. I'm not a doctor and I'm not a... But I want to give you the three most practical things that God gave us in Philippians 4. And it's rejoice, prayer, and to think. Although the Bible gives many. I challenge you to look into God's Word. Word search thoughts and meditations and, and mind. You'll start finding a whole lot of scripture that'll help you. But I'm going to leave you with this little thought on this third point of think. And I challenge you to write this down if you deal with this kind of stuff. Let Him, capital H, 
capital I, capital him. Let him be bigger and your problems will be smaller. We'll say it again. Let him be bigger and your problems will become smaller. Let him be big in your life. Rejoice. Pray and think or imitate these things. Three practical ways to manage stress in Philippians 4.